Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? I am doing well, Nathan. I am holding the microphone very close. Do you notice that? It is. It's so almost like close. you're uh, trying to make out with it. I am, man. It's the old Elvis, you know, holding it so close that uh, I don't know where to go with that. Le- Lisa um, wasn't kissing you under yeah. the mistletoe this Christmas. <laughs> That's right, man. I tried. <laughs> I tried everywhere I could. But, uh, yeah, we are doing this, dude. We should tell our listeners without the gain. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh so came in to do the recording today and for some reason the uh, gain device that we have uh, that gives us a little extra boost gives us that these go to 11. Yes. Uh, wasn't going to 11 for us, so we are bypassing that and we're seeing how that goes. So far I think it's I think it's going well. I think we'll do fine with it. Good. But, I'm going to stay as close to this mic as I can, bro. Yeah, we can uh, just ask the listeners, you know, weigh in on this podcast. Let us know, did the sound sound good or were, were there some issues with it? So uh, you can you can let us know in our comments and in the feedback. We'd be interested to get your thoughts on it. So, um, Greg, we are in this two-part series. Bad quote, good quote. Yes, yes. I uh, hope we didn't... Uh step on too many toes last time with our bad quote. I think we were fair enough about it. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of good to it. Yep. With the alleged St. Francis of Assisi quote. Yes. We'll have another quote today that has been attributed to many other people. Yes. Um, Homer Simpson. Uh, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of a different quote. Sorry. We're not allowed to share that quote. Peter Griffin. Um, Homer Simpson. Definitely not allowed to share yeah. that quote. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh man, yeah, and uh, you know, I think I think the thing that we're trying to accomplish with this is to just show what are the essentials, what is necessary when preaching the gospel, what is necessary in understanding the gospel for salvation. We're we're going to next week. These are bridging us and leading us into next week when we speak with Justin Estrada, I'm pastor of about that, man. Redeemer Church, and he's going to talk to us about the creeds. Yes, and what we call the other Redeemer Church. Yes, <laughs> Tim Keller. Uh, yeah, he's been begging to get on this podcast for some time, <laughs> but I just said, Tim, one of these days, man. One of these days, we we got some other That's business right. to take care of. That's right. First, but uh, yeah, this is the <laughs> other Redeemer Church in Kingsville, Maryland. Yes. But um, anybody that is giving himself uh, to this much study, investment, I'm always eager to hear from. Uh, as I know, he's doing PhD work, and we'll probably have some insightful things to share. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that one. We have this week our good quote. Yeah. And I think in fairness, with our bad quote, we started with the good, yep. right? We started with what was positive about that quote. But but 
overall, we largely thought that it was a bad quote. Yeah. We overall think that this is a good quote, but it does have some problems. And we're going to talk about that first. Sure. But before we do that, should go ahead and get into it and give the quote so yeah. people know what we're talking about. So this has uh, this is, as you said, Greg, been largely attributed to many different people. Uh, St. Augustine mm-hmm. is one of them. Uh, John Wesley uh, was another. Yep. And you actually thought there were a couple other people that it was attributed to. Well, I've heard. I heard in a sermon not too long ago, maybe five, six years ago, somebody uh, referenced Luther okay. as, the, as the person who uh, shared this quote. Sometimes, uh, I never know how to pronounce it. Is it Chrysostom? Chrysostom. Okay, John yeah. Chrysostom, sort of an ancient church father, a luminary of history. Um, I just wanted to say luminary. I don't know why I like it, <laughs> like the word that and artichoke. We'll do that on another podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that tells me, dude, when you have this many potential um, originators of the yeah. quote, I wouldn't be surprised if none of them said it. Right. Just like this. Yeah. Their ministries, their body of work. Uh, I could see you could make an argument from any one of those mentioned that they said something that would fall within the goalpost of this quote. Yes. But yes. a lot of times quotes just come along, they're, they evolve, they're mm-hmm. tweaked, and they really belong to the public domain. Yes. You know, it's just a, um, a quote that you assess on the merit of its own claims. Yeah. And so with that, we want to get into it. Uh, and the quote is, and, and again, we've heard it a couple different ways, but uh, this variation of it, in essentials, unity in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Yeah. Yep. So let's let's start with the bad. Mm-hmm. Because, I, I, you know, again, in fairness, we did start with the good yep. of last week. So, so I think we want to start with the bad. So in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Yep. So, Greg, what would you say is the bad for this quote yeah dude it doesn't leap out to me like the good in the last quote mm-hmm. you know with the, uh, the preach the gospel um what in if everywhere if necessary use words yeah uh and i butchered that a little bit um <laughs> but there are some issues i think part of it the 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 nature of a short quote itself mm-hmm. you don't cover enough yeah. But, dude, I know that from sermons. I can preach a 40-minute sermon and drive home and say, man, why didn't I cover this? Oh, I wonder if there's confusion about that. And you rethink it, and the perfect sermon is always the one that you should have preached that you never actually right. preached. Right. So a, a short quote, you're not going to cover it all. Probably <clears throat> this one falls prey to the great likelihood of oversimplification. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've heard it used sometimes a little dismissively on things that probably are pretty important. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're having a serious debate with somebody, um, you know, and you're talking about something that we're going to get into this that we think mm-hmm. is essential. And s- another person might not think it is essential. And you could just simply say, hey, you know, hey, unity and essentials. Liberty and the non-essentials, mm-hmm. charity and all things. You're know, like, well, it doesn't. The quote doesn't tell you. Yes. What are the essentials? Yes. 
which makes it useful if you have some agreement with your discussion partner yeah what those essentials are it can make it almost confounding confusing if you don't have agreement yeah that's that's my standout I, and I agree with that 100%. That was one of the first things that came to my mind. Okay, well, what are the essentials? Yes. What are the non-essentials? But this last part also, I think, can be can be a little misleading, too, and all things charity. And the reason why I say that is I, I get the intent of it, but oftentimes I hear uh, many people talk about this idea of charity and they talk about it in all circumstances. And I've, uh, sometimes I scratch my head because largely Greg, what you and I talk about when we talk about the gospel, when we talk about um, our relationships with people is just that it's a relationship that we have with someone. And as somebody who has taught and studied formal debate rhetoric, there are times where the idea of charity can be a little misleading I as agree. well, because yeah. uh, I, I watch someone like Ben Shapiro, right, yeah. and and he is just masterful at taking people apart. He's a good debater, and yeah. you would look at that and you would say, well, he doesn't show very much charity to the people that he's doing that to. But you need to understand that the rules of formal rhetoric and formal debate are different than the rules of a relationship, right. And, and so in that case, no, he's not showing charity because he's it, it's it's a combat situation. I, I call it verbal sparring, right? Right. When, when I'm practicing, uh, I'm a martial artist, been training uh, for most of my life. When I'm, when I'm doing that practicing and that training uh, with, with a partner and it's supposed to be a, a non-contact or a light contact, that's very different than if I'm all-out, full-contact sparring. Right. And that's what debate is. Debate is a full-contact verbal sparring. And so, you know, when he uses sarcasm, when he's snarky, when he uses the insults and things like that, that's very different than the relationship if he were to sit down with someone oh, and actually have a conversation oh, with yeah. that person. And so I think... I think in that case, you know, we need to be mindful of the fact that when we talk about in all things charity, we want to understand uh, when we're in a relationship with someone, we want to give the benefit of the doubt. We want to understand the position. Yeah. Uh, that's different, again, than if it's a formal debate setting. If I'm in a formal debate setting, and I know because I've done this, I speak and think and act very differently than when you and I are on here talking. Oh, of Greg. course, dude. Honestly, I, I <laughs> you know, me, I always take things back to sports <clears throat> or TV. In this case, it's both. I think, dude, of um, one of the big playoff games between the Ravens and the uh, Patriots years ago in the Brady era. Mm -hmm. the, the that was a good era. That was a good era, <laughs> dude. <clears throat> that was a good era. <coughs> the, the intensity of battle on the field. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd see Ray Lewis jawing with um, Brady on, yeah. a, on a play. Brady, you know, got the best of them. They'd get in each other's face. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's all this. Yeah, yeah, machismo yep. stuff. <laughs> but afterwards, I remember they 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 do these mic'd up things where one player in a game is wearing the mic and the helmet, so you can get some NFL likes to do it. You can get some cool kind of what are they saying on the sidelines? Yeah. What do you hear? 
and Brady's mic'd up in this one, and you hear him going to Ray Lewis after the game, and he says, you're the best. You are the best. And Lewis just says something back to him, like, I love you, man, or something. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, when you're on the field mm-hmm. during those 60 regulation minutes, it's very different. Yeah. You know, so th- now to take that, though, dude, I'll pivot from what you're saying and I'm not contradicting it. The majority of people listening, right, are not going to find themselves on a formal debate. stage. Yes. So yes. this quote is probably going to serve most people in most situations. But I like your point. A debate is just that. It is mm-hmm. a debate. You're not trying to win a friend. Right. You're trying to win an argument. That's the purpose of a mm-hmm. debate. You know, and uh, C.S. Lewis, you know, was alleged to be a uh, thoroughly depressed. I always forget the woman's name. Uh, maybe one of our listeners can tell us, or I can look it up, dude, at some point later. Um, at Oxford, he lost a debate to a woman who yeah. made mincemeat out of him. Yes, I remember, I remember reading about that. Yes, and she was, uh, it was not a personal relational issue. It's just she, she just ran circles around him by his own admission in the debate. Yeah. And he was very disappointed because he had a job to do yes. in that debate that he failed to do. So, yes, if you're having a debate and, and two political candidates are going after an important issue, I don't think we need to get caught up. And, oh, I wish they'd show a little more charity. Now, I think respect. Yes. Civil discourse should be should not be should not resort to ad hominem personal attacks. Right. Uh, all those things. But, yeah, I expect them to go at it. Yeah. Because the, de- the debate will clarify the issue for the viewer yes. or the listener, which is the point. Right. Those Lincoln-Douglas debates, dude, which I don't even know if we would ever find ourselves in a context where those things were in vogue again. Mm-hmm. But they went on for hours, and they were to clarify issues of importance for the voter. Yes. And so. if you look at that, I mean, Lincoln gets pretty snarky in those debates. Oh, yeah, dude. And that, that's the point. Yeah. Well, and can't we say, dude, Jesus employed sarcasm yes. when he debated the Pharisees. Yes. Yes. Um, because I've heard some people say, I don't like sarcasm. I say, I, I know what you mean. Sarcasm mm-hmm. can be very dangerous. Yes. It's like a nuclear material, and you don't want it to fall into the wrong hands. Yes. But that is that is not to say there's not a proper use of sarcasm. Mm-hmm. When Jesus asked the Pharisees who had memorized huge chunks of Torah, uh, have you not read? Right. That is intentional <laughs> sarcasm. Right. He is making a clear point. Um and you see him do this. So I, I think we, we do need to make sure that the charity section doesn't become just sort of a Pollyanna, um, hey, let's just be nice. Because yeah. often what that means is, oh, we're not going to debate. Yes. Because the issue might get us all a little emotionally mm-hmm. invested. So isn't it better to just do it? And I say, well, yeah, in, in a certain context, maybe Thanksgiving dinner when you want to get together right. with the family, not the time to debate politics or something. But is there ever a place we can say right. we want to go at this issue? Right. And I want to know if my position is sturdy. Right. Can it hold up under scrutiny? Can it hold up under counterpoints? Yes. Because uh, I've learned a lot, dude, when I've debated, even in our discussions sometimes. Yeah. We're going back and forth. I'm like, man, that's a good point. I'm too proud to admit it during the cast. <laughs> but uh, at some what I'll just do later, three weeks later, I'll share it as my original point That's right. that Nathan eventually came around to. Right, conceded to, right. and you know, this is this is what brought him to the light. Yes, and- I remember sharing that with Nathan one time. But no, it is um, 
that's the whole point of, of these discussions is you think, yes. you know what, maybe my idea needs more uh, scrutiny. Yeah. And I, and I think, again, when we, when we talk about it, you know, we're, we're talking about a fine line because, again, we, we look at an essentials unity. Okay, yeah. And when we said this, what essentials? Yep. What are we talking about? Yep. Um, and so I think next week will help us with that. I, and, and I agree with that. And so then in non-essentials liberty, and I yep. think today we're going to primarily focus on the last pieces of this quote. Um, let's, let's real quick though, Greg, talk about a couple of the essentials just so we're not leaving our listeners with, sure. the, oh, of course. you know, the hanging, Oh yeah, next week we'll get to it. Um, so, so let's go ahead and talk about a couple of the essentials. What are the things that would unify us because we did earlier talk about that idea of the red light, yellow light, green light. Yep. And I think that's exactly where we're going with this topic in particular. Dude, I'm glad you said it. The red light, yellow light, green light illustration we used several podcasts ago and we've used in our church for a long time is a direct correlation to this quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, the red light, are the essentials, yeah. the yellow light are the non-essentials, yes. which we've called convictions in that other traffic light illustration. Um, and all things, <clears throat> we might get to preferences, right? Yes. Um, now, I think all things is a little more inclusive. Obviously, it is all things. Because mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's what that's what I like about the quote. It, it sort of circles back to the beginning. Yes. Whether we're talking about big issues, lesser issues, uh, preference issues. Hey, let's try to remember charity. Yes. Kindness. Um, with all the caveats we've given in formal debate, etc. So, yeah, I think, dude, uh, some of those essentials mm-hmm. uh, Justin's going to help us out with because many of them are covered by the creeds, yep. the great creeds. You think of the apostolic, the Nicene, um, <clears throat> which, you know, you say, well, I might not be familiar with those. I bet when we go through them, you're going to mm-hmm. think, oh, yeah. I, some of you listening have heard these in your churches, depending on the background, spiritual background you came up in. If you listen to any kind of Christian radio station, yeah. uh, they, many of these have been turned into music. R- Rich Mullins did one oh, years ago. Love that, dude. Uh, that was great. And then there's uh, one that was done more recently. I can't remember who it's by, but... Um, the the creed is the creed is in there as well. Yeah. Um, so. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, Rich Mullins one, dude. You reference. Uh, I did not make it. No, it is making me. Yeah. It's the very <laughs> truth of God, not the invention, invention of, of any, any man. man. Yeah. Great, great song. If you want to get a throwback, it's hard to believe, dude. That guy passed away in '97. I know. I know. Oh, I just graduated seminary that summer or that spring. And if I remember rightly, it was three days before fall. I know that because mm-hmm. Christian artist, I think Andrew Peterson, wrote a song called Three Days Before Autumn, oh, which is the okay. day Rich Mullins yep. passed. And it was sort of his tribute to him. Yep. But that's a great song, um, you know, Creed, if you look that up. And it, it really gives the essentials of the apostles. Creed. These are the go to the mat issues, as mm-hmm. we've talked about before, dude. Just a few of them. The deity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'll have a conversation with anybody. If somebody wants to talk to me about how Jesus is not divine, I would say, yeah, let's talk about yeah. that. Now, my mindset is that I'm talking to a person, if they genuinely, genuinely believe that, who is not a Christian. Yes. Because Christianity means something. Yep. 
um, if I go out in the woods one day and I stumble across a rock and I'm fascinated by the rock and I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to take this rock home. It, 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 it just, when I look at it, it, when I touch it, it gives me these pleasant uh, feelings and conjures up some nice peaceful imagery in my mind. I'm going to call this Christianity. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, that's good. It's not. Right. Because Christianity is specific. It's this, not that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking to somebody about the deity of Jesus and they don't believe that Jesus is divine, I just know, and I would hope to say that at some point in the conversation, you are, by holding that position, placing yourself outside of the Christian faith. Yes. If I'm talking to somebody about whether the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. uh, those what we often think of as the miraculous, sensational gifts, so to speak, prophecy, tongues, healings, etc., whether they're still in practice today or not, that is not an essential. Yeah. It's an intramural discussion among professing believers. Yeah. Because both people in that, if we were to look at the Apostles' Creed, if yep. we were to step back, we, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep. I believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I, I believe in uh, uh, God the Father Almighty, Jesus Christ is only Son, our Lord, conceived by the Holy Spirit, et cetera, et cetera. But this other issue that the Creed doesn't address. Yes. We're getting caught up on. Yeah. It uh, doesn't mean it's not important to talk about. Yep. I just can step back and say, this is not an issue that I need to fear yeah. divides us as brothers or sisters in Christ. So, yeah. And I think I think a good test of, of an essential would be if I was going to invite this person to, uh, to church... Is this somebody who I could, in good conscience, let get up in front of people and talk? Yeah, about, oh, that's a good one. About faith, about you know uh, anything to do with the Christian faith, right? You know, and, and if there's disagreement on any of these essentials, the answer is no. Yeah, this person is not qualified. They are not capable to get up in any setting and represent the church on stage like that. Yes, dude, <clears throat> forgive me for this quick ADHD yeah. moment. My daughter has put me onto this new show, surprisingly, dude, a new show called Abbott Elementary. Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. It's uh, about an inner city school in the Philadelphia district. Okay. It's a really well done show. Um, I've just started watching it, but I think it's in the first episode, maybe the second, but I think it was the first, where they're just showing some of the problems of a city school. You know, they're, they're yeah. showing the millions of dollars being poured into the renovation of the Eagles Stadium. Okay. But the school system doesn't have enough money to hire substitutes and teachers and, you know, uh, ancillary support staff, et cetera. Yeah. So there's one scene uh, where I'm going to tie this into what you just said, believe it or not, where a teacher um, like kicks a student Uh. before she's fired and they need to get a replacement in and they, and the principal goes, I got it covered. And they show one of the custodians teaching like a fifth grade (laughs) social studies class. (laughs) And it's just brilliantly done. He's written on the board and points to it. He goes, children, this is who's running things. And it says Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) So the the point, of course, of the show is, yeah, this is probably not a person with the proper training (laughs) to teach a fifth grade social studies class. It was so funny, Uh, dude. And I'm not doing it justice, but the way it delivers it and presents it was (laughs) <laughs> was so good. And then uh, later, the, the one teacher tells the principal, 
you've got uh, the janitor who voted for Kanye <laughs> teaching a fifth grade social studies class. <laughs> um, just very, very timely. Yeah, dude, why why wouldn't you have the person speak? If I'm talking to a friend at Starbucks and they're exploring Christianity, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I've heard in conversations through the years, I talked to a man years ago who wondered, is it possible Jesus is an extraterrestrial being? So, hey, I'll talk to him all day right. long. Hey, here's my friend. He's going to lead us in prayer right. in our next Bible study. No. Yeah. You know, no. I want this guy there. Mm-hmm. Asking questions, sharing his opinion, but I think that's a good point. Would yeah. you feel confident, yeah, that he or she could stand up, yeah, and say something, lead something, right. or are they going to say something outside the bounds right. of historic Christian orthodoxy? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's important, dude, to establish. Um, we do need to get after what are the essentials, which is yeah. what these podcasts are leading us towards. Yes. And so then we come to the non-essentials and non-essentials of liberty. And this is really uh, this and in all things charity, I think, is where we're going to be spending the rest of our time, because that is so important to understand uh, in non-essentials liberty. And, And Greg, you and I have talked at length about this idea, the liberty, the freedom that we have in Christ not just as individuals, but as churches. Oh, yeah. That not all churches look the same. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but even when Paul sets up the churches, they didn't all look the same. No, no. They share some common DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, the the core of what they were taught by Paul would have been the same. But to suggest that every church was a carbon copy of the other, you can tell by Paul's correspondence with those churches. Yeah. They had different strengths and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. different struggles. Some may have excelled in how they cared for one another. Mm -hmm. Some may have excelled in doctrine. Mm -hmm. They really got things right, but they lacked charity. The other example of this dude is uh, I've done a series, many pastors have, I'm sure, of those seven letters. Yeah. And you know, that's one of the few series you ever see in Revelation. Right. Uh, uh, unless you're of a certain... Well, ilk. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, certain <laughs> ilk where you're happy to do all those, which often come with a lot of charts and right. linkage to modern events. Timelines. Yeah, and timelines <laughs> and oil in the Middle East. And Bible like codings that. and yes. decodings and... <laughs> Most pastors that don't go that way will do a series in Revelation, which is always uh, the seven letters to the, the churches right. in chapters two and three. <laughs> but those churches show mm-hmm. that the churches themselves are like individual people. They develop personalities, strengths, weaknesses, mm-hmm. strengths that need to be fortified, mm-hmm. weaknesses that need to be challenged, etc. So they are different. Or, dude, culturally, yeah, a church meeting right now in <clears throat> Kenya, yeah, versus a church meeting in Romania, mm-hmm. versus a church meeting in the you know what used to be Frontierland, Alaska, yeah, are going to look different. Yeah, their approach to worship may be different. Their mm-hmm. vocabulary may be different. Um, what gets emphasized in terms of the order of a service or mm-hmm. the way they position themselves to impact their community, of course, yeah, dude. So what? The, the danger to me is, hey, here's how our church does it. 
well, why do you do it that way? Because we follow the Bible. Yeah. And okay, good, you should follow the Bible. So this is how we do it. Uh, and then we hear of another church down the street that does it differently. Well, then right. they've got to be wrong because we follow the Bible. Implication being, if they followed the Bible, they would look just like us. Right. And that's a pretty shallow right. and foolish view. Yeah. Well, and we and we see that with individuals too. So why wouldn't we think that that churches look different as well? If you know, uh, Zach Zach Barlow's and I years ago we did a podcast, and one of the things that uh, we had talked about was uh, Spurgeon, and Spurgeon was known for condemning the theater media. Right. You know, and and Zach and I got uh, that. That's probably the closest that we got into an argument um, on the podcast where I had made the comment that, you know, I don't think a pastor should be telling the congregation in general what they should or shouldn't be doing unless it's clear sin. And his point was, but what if this pastor has, you know, a a keen handle on the pulse of the church Uh and he knows that in general that for that congregation going to the theater is bad. Doesn't the pastor then have an obligation to talk to his congregation, not to another congregation, but to his congregation and say, Hey guys, I, I just, I don't think that we should be doing this. It's an interesting question, dude. I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to lean more towards you. Yeah. Surprise, surprise on that debate because yeah. you know, Bartles is, uh, well, he's, he's a bad person, but, um, <laughs> Could we highlight that clip and just send that send to, it to, him. to Zach now? Love you, Zach. Um, yes and no. He, here's what I would say about that illustration. Yeah. Um, I think there are things that are u- that are unique to church communities mm-hmm. happening in, 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 in a given time, a given area, a given situation. Entertainment to me is, is well, uh, I, I, I don't presume to be an expert on 19th century Right theater. So I, in fairness, yeah, I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot there. I don't know. Maybe there were things unique to Spurgeon's congregation mm-hmm. uh, that were happening at that time, where his word was helpful and insightful. I still think those are better addressed in non-formal, mm-hmm. smaller. I think one-on-one conversations groups than public proclamation, mm-hmm. which I think is should really aim for scripture and the direct. Um, ideas that come from those texts, etc. But I can think of situations, I can think of churches that are dealing with things that are unique to their area in mm-hmm. a given moment. So it might be uh, in our area, dude, a few mm-hmm. years ago, um, there were two Harford County Sheriff's deputies that were shot and killed mm-hmm. at a Panera. Yeah. Remember, it was just I, a horrible, Yeah, I do remember that. Horrible, horrible uh, event and story. Uh, we're still a small enough county mm-hmm. that there's a lot of tie-in virtually in somebody in any church is going to know either those officers or a friend or family member of those officers. So churches for a few weeks devoted some special attention to caring for the police, uh, et cetera, where churches, you know, maybe 50 miles outside of the radius weren't talking about anything like that. Right. So to me, that's just adaptive response. Yeah. How does the church in that given area at that time respond? Um, but your your larger point, dude, about churches being different. Uh, uh, to me, the best example: Lisa and I have four kids, so all of our kids share. Uh, pardon me, the same parents. Yep. Same upbringing. Mm-hmm. 
same rhythm of life, etc. And they're all so different. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we expect churches yeah. to, to be different Yeah. when you add that many more people in the mix? Yeah. So, um, but dude, to me, this plays out because you know I'm chomping at the bit to talk oh, about yes. this, dude. I know. It's Did coming. I steal your it's introduction? Because I am chomping at That's right. Go for it, dude. It's been a while. We did this. The gates ago. have been unlocked. Well, uh, the meeting on Christmas Sunday thing. Yes. Which I foolishly went against my own principles and got into some Twitter <laughs> conversations with people. I don't have a big Twitter following, and I don't care. I'm not saying follow me at, at Twitter, but right. I, I saw a couple of things from... People of considerable rank. There was a professor mm -hmm. at a seminary, a couple of pastors I saw out there. Now, Greg, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second because while you're not telling people to follow you, I'm telling them to follow us Good. at These Go to 11. These so, Go to 11. Yeah. We need to build our Twitter. Get on, get on their Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook. Sorry, just had to interrupt you for a minute for that. Dude, no, I want that too. <laughs> I want that too. Let's expand our reach, right, so we can include more people in these conversations. But... There were several pastors, professor types that were, I, 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 dude, the last 10 years, 12 years, yeah. um, where this has come up two or three times, because there is a cycle. It goes like six years, six right. years, five years, 11 years. Yeah. It's, it's something like that based on the leap year. So fortunately, we don't have to deal with this again until 2033. Woo woo. So maybe the Lord will return. Maybe I'll be dead. Um, <laughs> Either way, I'm looking forward to the 11-year reprieve. Now right. that this is coming out right through to mid-January, yep, uh, it's been a few weeks, so you know some of that has died down. But the amount of people mm -hmm. who were condemning—I'm just going to say it—churches yeah. like ours, yeah, maybe some of our listeners, for not meeting on Christmas Sunday morning, yeah. Um, to me, that's absurd. Yeah. Because I have no issue with a church and mm -hmm. its pastoral team, its mm -hmm. leaders, lay leaders, etc., that make a decision mm -hmm. for that church, and they decide, say, to me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Knock yourself out. So many, though, go from that mm -hmm. to, let me get on my social media high horse and blast other churches for not doing what we did. Right Now, it's because, Nathan, it's an essential Mm. I'm like, is it? Yeah. It's an essential. Is in any of the ancient creeds, <laughs> do we have a reference to the church being commanded to meet on Sunday mornings every week? I haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe Justin can help us with that next week, but I think I know the answer. The creeds aren't that long. Right. Um, I would say no. I think um, when I look at scripture, mm -hmm. uh, I do not see that. So here's what I would do. This is where I got foolish. Mm -hmm. I started asking some of these folks, can you tell me, not your theological construct, right? can you give me the explicit verse or verses that tell me mm -hmm. that I, as an individual Christian or as a pastor who should shepherd other Christians, uh, am commanded mm -hmm. to meet on Sunday mornings every week? Mm -hmm. Of course, I didn't get any of that. I got a lot of well, look at Acts 20, mm -hmm. their meeting on the first day of the week. Look at Exodus uh, 20 and look at the commandment for the Sabbath. Yeah. Look at this verse. Look at the... I'm like, okay, great. You gave me a theological construct. 
Knock yourself out. I have those too. Right. There's a reason that I'm a millennial mm-hmm. because I have a theological construct. Yeah. I take this verse, this verse. I reason a little bit. I tease it out. I've read a lot about this issue, but I recognize that a premillennial brother or a postmillennial brother has done the same thing mm-hmm. and reached a different place. Yeah. So I said, "Well, you're giving me a theological construct." Oh no, no, I'm giving you scripture. Look at the verses I quoted. I say, "Okay." Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this before, dude. Yeah. Uh, let me give you the scriptures why children should be homeschooled. Right. Let me give you the scriptures, right? Why we shouldn't watch R-rated movies. Right. Let me. You're giving me a theological construct. Right. You've reasoned through some scriptures, which we should do. Right. And work towards those things. But if you can't recognize at some point that you've elevated your own elective, right, to everybody else's requirement, dude. Yeah. Well, and with that, how many scriptures do they deny? In, in doing that, right? Because, you know, the very first chapter of Acts talks about, you know, the Holy Spirit descending upon the disciples and them all speaking in different languages to different people. When was the last time the Holy Spirit did that to you? Yeah, I mean, right. you know, like, right. it's it's clear as day. It's yeah. right there in Scripture, you know. All the times that the, you know, that the disciples, the apostles would go out and heal people and... Right. You know, I, when when was the last time you you raised someone from the dead, right? right? When was the last time you preached a sermon? A kid fell out the window. You went down, healed him, and then went back to preaching. <laughs> but that only happened twice last year, right? <laughs> it, it, it was it was a light year on those raising from the dead sermon moments. <laughs> and and how many of those people would just look at you? And, well, that that that's ridiculous. Why? Why in that case is it ridiculous? to say that that the Bible is simply informing us about an event that happened versus something like meeting on Sunday. Dude, you are giving the classic, what we say it in Bible interpretation, descriptive versus prescriptive yeah. principle. It's so true, right? And look, I, I think historically, we probably get the majority of our prescriptive principles from the letters mm-hmm. of the New Testament. The majority. There are some in the yeah. Gospels. But the Gospels are largely descriptive, mm-hmm. which is why we see Jesus walking on water. And other than a few odd duck churches here and there, we're not commanding each other to walk on right. the water. We're reading about Jesus doing something, right? right. Um, and we're not imitating it because we right. sort of sense this is descriptive. Right. Uh, same thing. You see um, you know, the apostles going two by two through cities. Mm-hmm. I've heard some, that's, that's the only way to do evangelism. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a description of an historic moment yeah. where Jesus did something unique. There's nothing in Scripture where this is to be repeated. Probably the best example of this is, and again, I want to be careful here uh, with our, our listeners' backgrounds. I don't have an issue with churches that do foot washings. Mm-hmm. You know, I've participated in, in a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I think the reason you will find in most churches some form of baptism mm-hmm. or some form of communion. Yeah. And not foot washings is because foot washing is described, it is right. descriptive in the Gospels. It is reinforced nowhere in the epistles. Right. But baptism and communion are. Right. You, know, you see baptism in several places in Paul's letters and communion as well. And most churches are practicing those two. Why not the third? Right. Because it wasn't, as it were, enshrined. Right as an implication for what the church should do. Right. Well, and again, like going back to those two, those are clearly prescribed. Mm -hmm. 
as often as you do this. Yeah. Like there is an assumption that you are going to continue and do this. Of course. Nowhere in Scripture is it prescribed to meet on the Sabbath. Or to meet on Sunday. Yeah. It's it's prescribed or it's it's described. It talks about it all the time that this is when they met. It it specifically says that the day was changed. Yep. But nowhere does it say do this. Yeah. And that's very different than baptism. That's very different than communion. That's very different than than gathering. That's very different than praying. All of those things are prescribed. Yeah. Those are commands that are given to the church, and nowhere is it commanded when, where, and how to meet. Dude, this was my preoccupation for three or four months over COVID. Mm. Remember, we had the honeymoon for about mm-hmm. four, six, eight weeks. Yeah. And then you had the race to see which churches would be faithful and holy and right. reopen. Now, I've admitted, dude, I think we waited too long. Yeah. If I could go back, I would sure. change that. But um, I'm saying that more based on cultural issues. Right. Uh, just in our area, I think it would have been wiser to open sooner. That's that's a whole other uh, other subject, and I'm happy to admit mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I would, during the virtual session, uh, try to help people understand, because I, I want to be sensitive to people's consciences. Yeah. Greg, we're commanded to meet on Sundays. So that led me to a, a study of church history, the book of Acts. I reached out to some seminary profs, ones that I had and, and some others that I, that I never did, who were very gracious with their time and sent me some great information. So i got to be careful. I don't mm-hmm. want to do a 30-minute geek aside here, but mm-hmm. I will say my three takeaways for the early church and how yeah. they did worship, whenever, wherever, however. Yeah. The, really, that's, that's, that's what I see. Yeah. You see them sometimes meeting in big spaces, Solomon's portico, you mm-hmm. know, porch area, uh, basically, uh, on the temple grounds. Um, and then in Acts 8, you've got persecution, and they are divided. You see a meeting in a essentially a community theater in Ephesus, mm-hmm. where Paul taught there daily for a long period of time. You see them meeting in homes. Mm-hmm. You see them meeting outside by rivers, etc. And what I'm convinced of is they, they recognize the value of meeting. Mm-hmm. Whenever, however, yeah. wherever. That's what I have. Yeah. Um, I'm quite certain they there were no regular meetings for the first several centuries mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings because it was a work day. Mm-hmm. And unless they were up literally at the crack of dawn, uh, it would have been very difficult to get a full service in. Mm-hmm. So in Acts 20, they are meeting on Sunday evening mm-hmm. when Eutychus, who you mentioned, yeah. falls out of the window to his death. So I, I see these things in Scripture, and I would try to tell people, look, that's the heart I think we should have, wherever, right. whenever, however. Yeah. Sunday mornings, I love Sunday mornings, dude. It has served particularly Western civilization sure. well for over 500 years. Yeah. I'm not looking to change the meeting time. Right. All the Barna studies, et cetera, say most people, at least in America, want to go to church. Mm-hmm. Sunday mornings around the 10 a.m. hour. Yeah. And you see most churches trying, ones that have multiple services like we used to, yeah. accommodate that. To right. Try to keep 10 at the <clears> center <throat> and maybe go 9, yeah. 1045, because we find that the really early services don't attract. Right. The really late services don't attract. The old Saturday night service got a segment, but the bulk of people yeah. want to go. So culturally, strategically, I'm like, I love meeting Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. What bothered me, dude, about some of these Twitter wars, however, was the last part of the quote. The snarkiness. Yeah. The lack of charity. 
to churches that chose to do something differently. Yeah. There were some exceptions. So I want to be fair. I, I There was one pastor that joined in on uh, one of the comment threads I was on that said, hey, listen, we talked to our people. We're a small church. We're a country mm-hmm. church. The majority of people wanted to meet on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. uh, even on Christmas. So that's what we're going to do. But I completely respect how every church has had to think through this yeah. based on their volunteer teams. I thought, what? Just, oh, man, dude, could I just clone you a thousand times yeah. over? Because I love that they made a decision for the, that served their folks. Yeah. And I hope they had an awesome service yeah. on Sunday. I know full well, we were talking about this before we recorded, Nathan, yeah. that Christmas morning, I think you said you enjoy watched our virtual thing. Yes. Around noon. Yeah. We watch ours later in the afternoon. Yeah. Dude, I love that in our context, with yeah. so many teams of volunteers, like mm-hmm. you enjoy or among them, that do so much on a Sunday morning that I just love the thought of people being at home. Yeah. Opening up their gifts with their families, relaxing, getting some R and R. Yeah. And there's something we provided. Yeah. That they could get to right away. Yeah. Stephen Smith, our tech guy, told me I think there were twenty two live views yep. when we dropped it at ten the normal time. Yep. It's normally much higher. Yeah. That tells me something. Yeah. That in our context, yep. majority of people were chilling with their families. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And can I, I mean, can I just say, um, I, you know, uh, Joy, Joy and I were here, uh, as many who were, uh, serving. And when I say serving, can I just say working? Can we right. be honest that the people who, who we <laughs> say they're serving, the, they are working. They're working okay? their tails off, dude. Um, we were here as many from noon to seven. And there were people when we left at seven who were still cleaning up from the service. Can I also say that uh, 41 years old, I still have trouble sleeping on Christmas Eve. (laughs) You told me this, dude. I love Um, it. And it's it's the excitement. It's the anticipation. It's all of it. At 41 years old, I still have difficulty sleeping. If you were to then say that we're going to have a service, and I belong to a church where this was pressure. Right. That would frustrate me to no end. Right. That I've just spent all this time serving, and now your expectation, after I've had a horrible night's sleep, and I just anticipate it's going to be a horrible night's sleep, that I am not going to sleep well again until the, you know, Christmas is over. and um. And, and you expect me to come in with a joyful spirit and a joyful attitude, praising God and happy that you've pressured me right. into being here. Yep. Because no, dude, it's... I don't conform to uh, the idea that I, I shouldn't have to be here at all times in all places. I mean, you and I have talked about this. If, if attendance was a thing... Yeah. I would have failed miserably <laughs> this past year because guess what? I was helping my shut-in grandfather. I know you were. Yep. So, so what takes precedence? Helping my grandfather or church attendance? Yeah. What takes precedence? And and I mean this literally, like the sanity of just being able to relax and rest my mind, not having to 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 think about some of these things, or being here on a Sunday morning. Dude, that, that example that you gave, I think, is very similar when Jesus debates his opponents on the Sabbath. Remember, which of you, they have an ox that falls into a ditch, doesn't yeah. get them out? Yeah. It's just common sense, dude. You had a grandfather that you enjoyed, cared for for a long time. You you uh, you 
Dude, I know. Your whole life was in mm-hmm. upheaval. I, I don't mean you guys were falling sure, apart, sure. but you were literally moving yeah. between two residences yeah. to care for a man in his later years. And, dude, it was a very inspiring thing for me to watch. You enjoy do so faithfully. Um, yeah, it's, dude, I, I love that you say that. It, if I was a voice in your life or yeah. any of our pastors or leaders here, Nathan, I haven't seen you a couple weeks. Yeah. Remember, it's the Lord's Day. That would just crush me, dude. Yeah. I mean, we're in it for people for the long haul. Yeah. And everybody's going to go through seasons. Yes. Right? Of strain. And I, I've told you one of the things. Yes. <laughs> about being a pastor. Yeah. I've said this before that, um, that I miss sometimes. And I'm always a little covetous, dude. If it's a Saturday night. And you and I have texted before. Yeah, yeah. You say, dude, Joy and I ran all day. Yeah. And we had to do this for family. We had to do this. Yeah. I think tomorrow, dude, I'm going to sleep in a little bit and catch up. And I always say, dude, man, have a great yeah. sleep. And I always hang up a little bit and say, man, I'm jealous. <laughs> I hate him a little bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love coming to church yes. like you do, too. Yes. But there are times you're like, man, yeah. and a pastor just can't do it. My Sundays off are either planned or right. I'm so sick yeah. that they're not, you know, fun. I'm just feeling right. miserable. And I call Matt the you know, day before and say, Matt, can you stand in the gap right. for me, dude, and preach? Well, and let's be fair. The reason why I let you know has, has nothing to do with me thinking you're taking attendance. It, it oh, more yeah. has to do with my involvement level in the church. And at any given time, because this has happened... I could be called on to help in some way. Of course. And and so again, like when you think about like me calling in, really what I'm doing is I'm calling into a job saying, yeah. hey, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. It's right. not calling in to say, yeah, whatever. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a tardy on my yeah. record. Yeah, it's, it's calling in because I know, again, that at a, a drop of a hat, hey, Nathan, could you help with uh, pre-hosting? Could you help do announcements on say, could, that? that you guys can count on me if I'm there to jump into a gap that needs to be filled. Sure, sure. And that's why I want to let you know, hey, if something happens, don't plan on me being there. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's fair. Like, yeah. it's, you know, that the only reason people should be checking in is for that reason. Yeah. The understanding that, yes, this is a unique ministry. These are services. This is a job, and people right. rely on you to help make sure that that this goes smoothly. Well, dude, let's let's take the quote and yeah. apply it to this issue of meeting on a Sunday morning, particularly like on a holiday, like 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 yeah. Christmas, to keep it relevant. Unity in the essentials. Mm-hmm. You see it in Scripture. Is it explicitly commanded? No. Yeah. So it's not an essential. So we move to the next category: the non-essentials. Liberty. Yeah. There's liberty. There's diversity. Dude, that 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 brother that got on the that common thread said, "Hey, we're gonna meet. Awesome, mm-hmm. knock yourself out, dude. Um, hey, we're not gonna meet. We're we're gonna give our people a rest. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have two, like you said, insane, busy services, mm-hmm. twelve hours earlier. Yep. So we're going to give uh, our folks a rest, our whole church family a rest, our staff a rest. Great. Yeah. Um, and then hey, we we've got hey, we do it for this reason, you do it for that reason. That's where the charity comes in. Yeah." So I would say this, I, when I say I have no problem with churches that open on Christmas morning, I really don't, unless yeah. they're pressuring their people. Right. I was in a church years ago, dude, I think I've told you this, where the, 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 it was, they kind of had the old school meeting pattern, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Yeah. Again, 
no issue with that. Right. That's how churches position themselves for years. I think it's harder to do today mm-hmm. than it was 30, 40 years ago, but that's a whole other topic. But we, uh, I was in a church with a pastor, good, good guy, but he was always discouraged with the uh, Sunday night turnout. Mm. So often the following Sunday morning, oh, if you weren't there last Sunday night, you missed a blessed time. You missed a blessed time. <laughs> Dude, I, I have to say, I am so glad just on a personal level, if we did Sunday night church, mm-hmm. Dude, I am so tired on a Sunday afternoon yeah. with kids getting ready for school the next day, their projects, their work, uh, all that we have to do to attack a new week. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Again, if that serves some congregations where, yeah, we're coming out, great. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you, and it, most people I talk to, it doesn't. So everybody is making those decisions right. uh, for their individual congregations. I just don't like when it's elevated. Now, somebody gets on and they say, hey, a lot of churches in my area have gone public in saying something like, Jesus' death on the cross isn't an essential issue of the faith. Right. Yeah, put that out there. Right. I'm concerned about that for the state of the church. Yes. Hey, I know there's other churches that aren't meeting. And let's be honest, dude, can I say, the implication is, hey, we're biblically faithful, so you should come join us. Right. I don't like it. Yeah. Dude, and there were some pastors in this area that did it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, let's be fair that in in our culture and in our setting, people will change churches at the drop of a hat. Um, really? I I know, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Does that does that happen? It and it's so sad. You know, uh, Joy and I, when we started attending CFC, we were over in uh, Falston significantly closer yes. than where we are now. Yes. Um, and and there was a decision to make when the church moved. It was like, are we going to travel the extra 15 minutes? Yeah. And 15 minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but no, it is. It dude. is. It is. Because it's 30. Yeah. I mean, right there, it's 30 of a rare day off. Yes. And you're, you're not up 24 hours a right. day. You know, maybe you're up 16, 18. It matters. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing that we both had agreed on and talked about was that we did not want distance to be the thing that stopped us. Yeah. And uh, within reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean. I was going to tell you, dude, we're moving to Philadelphia next week. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to be worshiping somewhere <laughs> else. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's just because uh, you're anti-Philly. That's no. right. That's right. Uh, but. But we wanted to make sure that if we were going to leave, it was going to be for something serious. It was going to be for an essential. Yeah. Um, you know, and because so many times there there are non-essential reasons. Oh, well, the, the children's program isn't what I want it to be. Right. The, the worship isn't what I want it to be. You know, and it becomes about my preferences and what I want as opposed to is the gospel being faithfully preached? Right. Um, well, like I said, dude, over, remember in our first podcast, yeah. I was never asked during 2020, yeah. are we going to keep faithfully preaching yeah. the good news of Christ? And I bet you weren't asked that this time either. I'm never asked that. Did, you know, Greg, did you, on Christmas Eve, in the services that you had, did you faithfully preach the gospel? It's like, hmm, were you open on Sunday? Right. Yeah, and that is, dude, that's, uh, 
let's note this, dude, a, a podcast. Um, I've done a lot of thinking, as you know, dude, and even a little writing, more nothing formal yet, but just on consumerism and the mm. early church. And it's interesting, though, dude, how you, you often think of these guys that have high theological ideals and consumerism are, are, are not related. The Christmas thing showed me, oh, they can be related. Yeah. Um, the, the, the COVID 2020 thing showed me they can be related. Sometimes I wish, and it's, again, naive, it never would have happened. Every evangelical church in our area would have met together, and every pastoral staff, every leadership team would have agreed on the date to reopen collectively. Yeah. But the churches that opened sooner, right, they benefited. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you describe the benefit as increased numbers, which most people do if they're honest, right, that's more income, that's more um, energy, yeah, that's more serve teams, etc. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- there is a relationship. Consumerism yeah. is always lurking there right. somewhere. Well, and let's be real, people who switch churches, if pastor is really wanted to serve the body more faithfully instead of just hey yeah come on in you know we don't care where you're coming from or what's going on they would do a better job at talking with people about so why did you leave your former church let's talk about that you hope so you hope so and we've i'm sure i failed on that front dude i have tried in Mm -hmm. every encounter i have to ask hey how did you leave yeah did you leave well um we had a guy that left um in the fall, very good guy, and uh, he might even be listening. I think he might be a listener. Mm-hmm. His reasons to me were substantive. Mm-hmm. They're they're a little too personal to their situation for me to share. Mm-hmm. But he did sat down with me over several meetings, mm-hmm. talked, etc. Most people don't do. Yeah, most people um, they just roll. Yeah, and it tells me that at the end of the day, the church was viewed more like a restaurant. Right. Uh, because, dude, I mean, Lisa and I will go to a restaurant that we love. If they change the menu, owner changes, it's just different. It's not the quality. I don't talk to them. Yeah. I just don't go there anymore. Right. And I go somewhere else. And I, I would say for anybody, oh boy, see how our podcast just evolves, dude. This I is know. what we're going to talk about. If you're in that spot, I can't, I would tell every kind of layman, laywoman, Christian this pastors and i know this from my own experience and talking to countless of them it means the world yeah when somebody sits down and talks at least a phone call yeah at least an email um there's nothing more awkward than being in the frozen food aisle hey right <laughs> obviously you left three years ago right never t- it's weird yeah just a weird thing and it it shouldn't be yeah but maybe that's what we circle back to yeah another time no, but I but I think also too it does it does highlight what we're saying, right? Because at the end of the day, the Bible does not speak directly on how to leave a church and how to enter nope. a new one. Nope. Um, you know, these are, you know, as we would talk personal preferences. Yep. Um and and I think everybody would as much as it frustrates, everybody would be willing to admit that. You yep. know. Um so, uh, again, talking about the quote in essentials, unity in non-essentials, liberty and in all things charity. Well, Greg, we are um, fastly running out of time here. And so want to just give you uh, some kind of wind down words that you might have for us uh, before we wrap things up. So, yeah, dude, uh, again, I think it's a great quote. Uh, we like it better than the first yes. one that we covered. It had some good, but a lot of problems. 
This quote, properly understood, helps me ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a discussion, a disagreement with somebody, uh, particularly a, a fellow Christian, um, is this an essential issue? Is this an essential issue? No. So I want to be very careful with the tone that I bring to it. Yeah. Uh, if this is not a, a make-it-or-break-it issue where I'm concerned whether this person can even be definitionally understood as a Christian, then I can just, hey, yeah, let's talk about it. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter much to me yeah. because this isn't a, a make-it-or-break-it issue. Um, so I think the quote is a good thing to keep in our minds. And it's a good quote because I think it comports with Scripture. Yeah, I did want to say one thing really quickly due to my wind-down. Jesus, I think, implies this, and let me see if I can bring it up quickly. Matthew mm -hmm. twenty-three, um, it's a, it's it's in his seven woes to the Pharisees, so it's a hard-hitting section. Mm -hmm. But this is interesting, verse twenty-three: "Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin; those are spices, mm -hmm. and Old Testament law would have regulated the giving of of all of our resources." So. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say that's wrong. He says, you tithe mint, dill, and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Mm. I believe that's Jesus telling us that there are things in the law that are, he says it, weightier. Those are the essentials. Yeah. So to be asking this question, is this an essential issue? So maybe it, it adjusts my level of passion. Yeah. You know, um, we, dude, months ago had some people, we talked about this, that were really hung up on the age of the earth thing. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy yeah. to be as passionate about that as you are the deity of Jesus yeah. or the Trinity. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to help. It's going to make things that much more amplified and raw, right. and it did. And so I think um, this quote helps us adjust our expectations appropriately yep. and our tone appropriately. And then the end of the day, dude, my last word, Charity, love, and all things, that's the real challenge. Yes. You know, by this all men will know that you're my disciples. Yes. By your love for one another. I have uh, many times dropped the ball on that yeah. when the passion of the debate yeah. gets in there. Yep. But to keep that before us, how do I show love? Yeah. How do I show love? This uh, will be the, the badge that all people will know. So, yeah. Great quote. That's great. All right. Well, Greg, this was Awesome. It as was. usual, flew by as usual. Um, so we're going to go ahead and sign off now. And until the next time, Greg, we just rock the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane. And you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.